Well, hello there, podcast people, and welcome to the newest installment of the greatest horror movie podcast in this multiverse, or the next, why it's come to deadly, wait, 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 dead and lovely, <laughs> here with the host with the most, it's me, your best buddy, your good pal, Uncle Ben. And me, your real father, Hollywood Steve. <gasps> You're my real dad? Yeah, I didn't want you to know until this exact point. Episode 179, I thought. <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing this week, Steve? Man, I've had I've had a wild week, uh, I, and I'm glad we're going to start with this, Ben. I had me a bit of a haint hike. Nuh-uh. Yeah, I did. A haint hike? You're talking about, I don't know, did you go stomping down the booger trail? I went stomping down the booger trail, yeah. <laughs> ben, I I just, uh, I was talking about this maybe uh, a couple of episodes ago. I got myself some, some hiking shoes to, to start hiking because I, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. found out there were a couple state parks nearby. So just this Sunday, I went to the nearest one, which was Big Ridge State Park here in Tennessee. In Maynardville, okay. Tennessee. Oh, out there where, in Maynardville, where Brad Pitt's character's from, and uh, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. That's yeah. right, man. I love that so many of these little towns in Tennessee just have openly fucking hick ass names like Sneedville, Maynardville. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah. trashy names. I love it. Granger County, Cock <laughs> County. Oh, Cock County. Parrotsville. Ooh, wanna, now that's one end right up there. In Parrotsville. No, uh-uh. no, sir. <laughs> So anyway, I get there and I didn't, you know, I didn't look up the trails or anything. I just got there and I walked to the, the, the office and grabbed a trail map and just hit the nearest trail. So I'm walking along and I, I got a choice between taking a little place called Lake Trail or a place called Dark Hollow. I mean, come on, you're going to go to Dark Hollow, obviously. So I, yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to Dark Hollow. So th- this uh, this whole state park is, is around a lake. And as I start walking along Dark Hollow, I start hearing children laughing. Oh, no, that's <clears throat> never a good thing. Now, I I know these were just children on the lake. This was a, a, a warm Sunday, and there were people on the lake. I wasn't the only one at this state park. I mean, I still but, would have been just horrified because I fucking hate children. I'd be like, oh, my God, there's kids here. I got to fucking go. Fuck. Yeah. Ugh, they're gross. But I heard that, and I was like, huh, that's funny. I'm getting on a thing called Dark Hollow Trail, and I hear, you know, children laughing. Like, eh, like a horror movie or whatever. And uh, as you get on the Dark Hollow Trail, there's like this overgrown bridge you have to go over. So I was like, <laughs> again, that's like, wow, like a horror movie. Dark Hollow is appropriately named. It's surrounded by these two ridges that just jut up about 400 feet on either side. Wow. And it it has just like super heavy tree cover. So like, I, you know, it, it was bright out, but I had to take my sunglasses off to walk in Dark Hollow. I'm walking along, Ben, and I start seeing tons of mushrooms everywhere. Uh-oh, it reminded look me out. of it reminded me of Gretel and Hansel, like <laughs> just so many different types. There was one like super bright blue mushroom, and I was like, "That's probably pure death." Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
So I'm walking along. Anyway, though, th this is, again, just a normal everyday hike. Uh, and all these things are happening. And I'm thinking humorously, ha ha ha, this is like a horror movie. Anyway, as I, I turn off Dark Hollow West to Big Valley Trail, I see a little thing for Ghost House Trail. Oh, that's entirely normal. So I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I want to go see Ghost House Trail. And I saw on the, the the map there was a little marker for a cemetery. So I'm like, oh, cool. And go check out a cemetery. So get to the ghost house. Unimpressive. You can tell where a house used to be. It's a ghost house because the house is not there anymore, I guess. Oh, okay. Just the spirit of the house remains. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Okay, cool. That's one way to say demolished house but okay yeah nothing uh, here is another way right. to say it <laughs> uh and then you know just the uh hop skip and jump away was the the family cemetery and i'm looking through it and uh you know i think the the latest death in it was 1929 so everything was before that uh there were a good number of child graves with no name so that Ooh, was fun. The old no-name child grave, huh? Right. Three of the graves were uh, had had caved in, so the the boxes underneath have have deteriorated and they have caved in probably from just water settling on them. Uh, so I'm like, cool, whatever. Walk around, take some pictures. Um, as I'm leaving, I say, hey, if you can't be good, be good at it. <laughs> See good later. advice good advice yeah and so i'm walking a little bit and i don't know 20 feet away from the cemetery i hear this little girl crying and i'm like that's weird uh and just keep walking go along i uh I get back to the road some people are like hey where's the ghost house and i was like it's right over there and i tell them and i go home i get home and i'm like oh man i want to look up that house and find out the history Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm reading about the history and about uh, uh, Maston and his family. He was the, the sheriff who got gunned down by some some uh, some inmates who escaped a prison. And his Ooh. wife became the sheriff after that. Pretty okay, fucking all wild. Right. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. cool. And then I, I clicked on another link and it was like, oh, uh, haunted stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's read the little silly stories about this area. And it was like, some people report hearing a little girl crying near the cemetery. Oh. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's odd. Huh. That's strange. Dude, that's pretty spooky. And then I was like, well, it's not a ghost, right? So <laughs> I became obsessed. I, I started measuring the distance from the lake to where I was. It's about 1,500 yards. And as I walked out of the lake, I saw a little girl on a big pink unicorn rat. Okay, so right. that is likely what I heard, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. But if I did not, if I, first off, had gone there knowing that story and believed in ghosts, that would have been like confirmation, right? It would have been just like, well, fuck, there's a ghost. Yeah. Haints are real. Boobers yeah. exist. It was pretty wild. Pretty wild. As, a, as cool, a complete man. skeptic, I was, you know, in no way thinking, oh, that was a ghost. But then when I read the story, I was like, man, if I knew this, that would have been really creepy. 
man, you're you're out there, you're getting your steps in, you're burning some calories, you're visiting some Haints and Boogers. I'm going <laughs> to call that a pretty successful hike. Yeah, that's nice. So I'm going to go back there, though, and see if I can conjure up a ghost. Awesome. I like to I like the sound of that. That sounds like a pretty solid plan to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't see any Haints or Boogers this week, but I did see some incredible guitar players on stage with me in my Oh yeah. first time that I've played a show since like February. Uh my good buddy and musical cohort Andy Wood hosted the Woodshed Guitar Experience Guitar Camp out in Cookville, Tennessee over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh due to, well, it being fucking 2020, they kept it very small scale. It was only about 60-something tickets available. Everything sold out. But it was on a gigantic, huge, huge compound out in the middle of nowhere uh, where, you know, all the buildings are, like, ginormous. Everybody was keeping distance apart. Yeah, it, people wearing masks, all kinds of stuff like that. So it was a, I think, about as safe as you can do uh, a guitar camp in the middle of 2020, you know? Mm-hmm. But this thing featured, of course, Andy Wood as well as a lot of incredible guitar players like Joe Bonamassa, country music legend Brent Mason. Now, I know you don't know the name Brent Mason, but you ever heard a tune called a Chattahoochee? Yeah. You know that old hot lick that kicks that thing off? That's a Brent Mason right there coming at oh, you. Oh, a Brent Mason heard, special? Uh-huh. You've heard more Brent Mason in your life than you know. He's like one of the most recorded guitar players ever. Okay. As well as Andy Timmons, Mark Letary, Greg Cock. I mean, just a bevy of incredible players on this thing. And I went down to play the kind of all-star jam show as part of the backing band. So I got to say, it's, again, one of those very surreal things where I find myself on stage playing music and abusing air molecules with uh, with my heroes. It's a very strange life I lead. But it was really, really awesome, and I ran into a bunch of uh, YouTube watchers and dead level listeners and stuff while I was out there too. So always a pleasure getting to see some fans, even if it is standing six feet away from each other with cloth on our faces. I'll take it. You could have uh, hired somebody to go and pretend to be you, as long like as they had plan. your upper good. half of the face, you know, uh-huh. and could play guitar as well as you. Okay, that's well, probably you know, pretty easy to find, right? I think so. Yeah, diamond yeah. dozen, diamond Just dozen. Same upper half of face. Same level of guitar. <laughs> Nothing but net. Nothing but net, yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really, really cool. Definitely a highlight of the year so far and a year that has not had all that many uh, highlights. Yeah. So kind of like getting ready for the show and stuff, I didn't really have a lot of time to watch much in the ways of horror films or anything this week, but I did catch... A few flicks. You remember last week on the show, I was telling you I had a historic first where I was like, man, somehow I've lived my whole life and never seen Pretty Woman, and I finally watched it. And I had another historic, life-changing, first-time watching experience this week because I, for the first time in my 36 years of life, watched the cinematic masterpiece known as Josie and the Pussycats. Okay, I've never seen that. I loved it. <laughs> it's, is it dude, awesome? The thing about it is, is like it is so so like early two thousands as fuck. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's really like the the clothes and the fashion and the technology and everything. Like it could not be more two thousand and one. But dude, it has a really funny fucking self awareness to it, and it's all about marketing and like uh, indoctrinating teenagers with the hottest new trends and shit like this. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a piece of shit movie. It's terrible, but 
I did love it. So <laughs> that's going to be on regular rotation. Okay. Uh, also had time to watch Infinity War the other day, continuing oh, our yeah? Marvel movie awesome. journey. Golly, man. What a movie. What a ride. A lot of stuff happening in that thing. Still very fucking enjoyable. And I got to say, like, man... I'm dying to watch uh, Endgame because I haven't I haven't seen that since theaters because there's so oh, okay. many things that happen in Infinity War that it's like my God man how do they wrap all this shit up you know Yeah Endgame uh, I've rewatched it a couple times now and uh, it's it's still a, a fun time yeah, You kind of yeah. expected they were gonna do some time traveling or or some universe shifting or something but uh, the the time travel heist was a genius move i think totally man and i gotta say of course it was a little bit of a bittersweet experience watching it with us just losing chadwick boseman uh what a fucking loss man what a loss yeah didn't i didn't you just watch black panther recently i did yeah like a week or two ago. yeah i think you probably just mentioned it on uh, an episode recently yeah it's that's crazy uh i understand not telling people Totally. Just being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live the rest of my life. I don't want a bunch of people telling me how uh, heroic I am or whatever. I just want to do it. Yeah, no uh, doubt, man. Yeah, and I'll say I a few that. things about that, man. It's like, for one, I hope that everybody that like called him a crackhead and stuff like this because he was losing a bunch of weight. I hope yeah. they all feel like a bunch of pieces of shit now. Yeah, I don't understand that ever. Anyway, why? Yeah, <laughs> what? Who cares? Like, if you're commenting on somebody's weight, it should be uh, like you know they've been on a diet mm. and and they've lost some weight and they look good that's like the time when it's fine to comment on somebody's weight just otherwise keep it to your fucking self yeah otherwise none of your fucking business you know yeah uh but also too it just got me thinking man like you know especially having you know currently being watching our our good buddy brandon Suttles, who's on our changeling episode watching him going through chemotherapy and stuff right now yeah. Can you imagine being in Chadwick Boseman's case where you're undergoing treatment for colon cancer Ooh. and doing chemotherapy and stuff and getting into that kind of shape and doing that kind of action? Like, I literally don't know no. how that's possible. I don't I know don't how either. that's humanly I don't, possible. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. Uh, the man gave everything he had at the end of his life, so uh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad we got that like i would hate to uh, and and i imagine like not telling everyone his diagnosis had something to do with like you know is would disney have picked him would mm, they have yeah. went with him as black panther like w and would black panther be as good without chadwick boseman like I, you know i i understand why he would hide that and why he would you know know that he was he was right for the role and they needed to go with him and this is something private. I'm going to kick ass as Black Panther. It's not going to affect my performance. The end. Yeah. 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 I wonder what they're going to do as far as like the next uh, the next Black Panther movie and stuff. Do you think they'll yeah. recast him and just be like, I don't know. Oh, it, it's still him. It's just played by a different actor. Or do you think that they will give us a, you know, oh, no, the prince died. Here's the new heir to the Black Panther uh, crown. You know what I mean? It's like, I wonder yeah. how they're going to handle that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's something. Uh, you know, it's it's macabre, but the studios do have contingencies a lot of times in case, like they think, like you know, even even with young people, it can happen. 
So I'm sure they've thought of it. Uh, and we'll see. It's yeah, it, it it's not the the biggest uh, loss, but it is something people are thinking about and and wondering because he was such a. It's it's not just that Chadwick Boseman was such a, a heroic character for young black kids who finally got to see a superhero like yeah. uh it it wasn't just chadwick boseman it's it's the character of black panther and so you know i i've seen some people when people have asked this question saying like you know let's not focus on that right now let's focus on his death and it's like yeah that's that's important you know what, what a great life he lived and stuff but the character is is a huge symbol for a lot of people so i think it's appropriate to think about that I know, yeah, and this is the kind yeah. of thing where it's like, ultimately, I feel selfish even bringing it up, because it's like, ultimately, you're talking about, yeah. you know, you, you, somebody just lost their son, somebody just right. lost their yeah. brother, you know, it's like, there's yeah. a lot bigger things for us to worry about than who's going to be Black Panther sure. next, but that's yeah. the way that he touched my life the most, so it's where my thoughts yeah. go, you know exactly. what I mean, so, yeah. I guess it's kind of natural, but in the grand scheme of things, not all that important. <laughs> yeah, not all that important. I've I've seen people say, and like, I, I, I think I even said long before Chadwick Boseman uh, died that uh, having a, a Shuri take over as Black Panther would be great. Oh, yeah. A, a I'd sequel. be okay with that. That'd yeah, because, cool. I mean, that happened in the comics, and it would be you you get another uh, person like Spider-Man who is really good at one thing and is now being thrust into a, a different role. Uh, it would be fun to see that. I think she yeah you know she's she's great at science but to also see her kick ass would be fun oh yeah totally man yeah, um, yeah r.i.p man r.i.p yeah, to a guy that it's, really it's super sad yeah made a big impact on on a lot of people and like you said really did a lot for representation in the marvel cinematic universe too bad uh, lost way 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 too early fuck cancer, way too early you know? yeah yeah you know i said cancer. i didn't watch any other horror stuff but actually i kind of lied because last night I watched, I think, probably the scariest movie that I've seen all year, and it was a documentary that Kate picked out called The Great Hack on Netflix. Have you seen this? I have not, but I, I do. I have, I've, see, I've seen it on Netflix, but I haven't watched it. Holy moly. It is really, really fucking scary and really crazy and really sad in a lot of ways. Oh, no. <laughs> It's all about Cambridge Analytica, uh, which uh -huh. is kind of the data mining group that had a huge role in the you know Trump campaign as well as in Brexit at the same time. And also, yeah. as you come to find out, also had fingers in manipulating data in so many elections and stuff all over the world. Uh, it's, it's really, really, really crazy. And they just basically, through their analytics and data... And data mining, which they're you know doing on all of us for free, they're taking the most valuable asset on the planet right now. Data is actually more valuable than oil. That's pretty mind blowing, uh, and we just give it away for free. They're mm -hmm. taking all this data and information and specifically using it to target people that could probably be easily influenced or swayed one way or the other to the highest bidder. Yeah. Uh, which is one of those things that, like, ultimately, you're like, yeah, but, you know, people have free will. They make their own decisions. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of people are easily indoctrinated, really easily indoctrinated, and they will do it for cash. And uh, it's fucking scary, man. It is. It's very scary. 
It, yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound like a fun documentary. No, no. It was uh, <laughs> it was pretty intense, man. And I'm, you know, I'm already just like paranoid enough about the future, about you know, people yeah. using things like deep fakes and all that kind of shit anyway yeah. to further influence people yeah. and indoctrinate people to do horrible, just horrible things. Going out and shooting people. Yeah, that's yeah. also a thing. Like, yeah. oh, if you think Black Lives Matter, then you deserve to die. That's a sentiment, a I guess. Now. Yeah, it's that's a thing. A thing. Yeah. yeah. Woo. That's been the most sickening part of reality recently. So Yeah. Fuck 2020. Fuck 2020, good. man. Not great, it's man. no fun. Yeah. So if you <sighs> want to get fucking scared, watch The Great Hack. It was yeah. it was crazy, man. <laughs> that that is like reality is becoming horror. Isn't it? It's just I mean, Black Mirror, dude. I mean, like yeah. all of the stuff that I saw in that documentary is like, oh yeah, this is all like stuff from a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Only I would like to say it's happening right now. No, it happened like four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and it still continued yeah. to happen, and is oh, going yeah, it's going to get way worse. Stop. Yeah, crazy man. Yeah. You watched anything good this week? I have. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I watched a few things. I yeah. watched uh, a, a little documentary about. A horror stud who we bring up very often. Uh oh. Oh, that sexy, sexy stud Savini. We love yeah. him. Yeah. Smoke and Mirrors on Shutter is a documentary about Tom Savini that uh, is almost entirely Tom Savini talking. And it's great. That sounds uh, awesome. Sign me up. Yep. Yeah. He 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 walks us through his his life, his uh, time in Vietnam. It's brutal. Uh, his time uh, starting as a, a makeup effects guy, uh, why he stepped away from doing makeup effects because he uh, is taking care of, of his family. He's he's an awesome dude, man. Man, that seems like yeah. by all accounts and stuff, that fits in with the narrative that I have been given. He just seems yeah. like a fucking cool guy. Just great. Yep, he's awesome. So... I recommend it if you're a Savini fan. If you don't know much about Savini, uh, I the opening to me was like, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, because it's like, you know, it's the thing we talk about all the time, uh, <laughs> horror. <laughs> but uh, I realized that, yeah, if you don't know Tom Savini, that, that first three minutes is real important. They go through each of his, like, they kind of just show, like, his work. So it's like, if you don't know who Tom Savini is, it's like, well, here's something you've probably seen. Uh, and so for if you're, you know, you know Tom Savini, it's just like, okay, yeah, I've seen this stuff. But uh, I, I realized why they had to do it. But once it gets to Tom Savini talking about himself, it is great. Awesome, man. Yep. Killer. What else you seen? Uh, speaking of effects... Uh, and it'll seem like a weird transition. I started watching <laughs> the HBO show Perry Mason. Okay, Perry and, Mason. Like I remember yeah. Perry Mason from when, like we were kids, and it was one of yeah. those like boring ass Saturday afternoon shows now, that I never okay. watched. You are wrong on that. I'm okay. gonna go ahead and tell okay. you. Okay, it's uh, fine words, but all right. Straight up, that um, I watched that as a kid all the time. That Perry Mason, boy, uh, I remember loving it. I really? cannot remember a single episode. I also <laughs> watched the Perry Mason in the 80s, which was just uh, the, the same guy, but now as a judge. Uh, this is not that. 
This is based off of the original Perry Mason novels from the 1930s. And it is much more hard-boiled detective type of thing. It's set in 1930s Los Angeles. A lot of corruption. A lot of that going on. Uh, Reason I said, speaking of of, of great effects, this show has some amazing makeup effects in it. I I don't want to mention specifically anything, but there is a guy's head getting blown off that... Uh, they keep showing the body afterwards, and it looks so good. Like, it's just great. Uh, there's there's some other stuff that happens in in the series that I was just wow, those makeup looks are awesome. But the show, um, if you like detective series, definitely. If you like anything about old Hollywood, definitely watch it. It it's a fun time. I mean, not really fun. But, I mean, a, ch- a child <laughs> dies, but it, it, it's, it's a time. It's a it is run. a time. Yeah. Of all the times I have had, it is it's one. It's one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Okay. Yeah. Sounds worth checking out. I also watched a movie that we're actually going to be doing a, or maybe even by the time this has come out, the episode will have come out. We're doing a Patreon episode on the Shutter exclusive host. Yeah. I watched that. I won't mention too much about it, but uh, okay. I I'm excited it. to see it. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about it. A couple of people I know watched it and was like, man, it's like a simple, cheap premise, but apparently yep. they did it really well, huh? I think so, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll find out on a Patreon-exclusive episode that everybody can hear if they join our Patreon at... Yep. Pa- Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Uh, any level... Of, of Patreon patronage gets you the Patreon exclusive episode. So yeah. head on over there. Uh, we'll definitely worth it to become a $5 patron because we're going to be doing a Patreon drawing in a couple weeks to That's see right. what we're doing for the last week of September. So mm-hmm. if you're $5 or above, you get to submit a movie into the smoking bowl of potential podcast movie choices that we choose from the smoking bowl of Speaking podcast of movie choices. Smoking bowls, this movie. <laughs> you want to talk about a lukewarm bowl? Elijah Wood's haircut in this, dude. Oh my god! It looks like remember the bowls that they had at Pizza Hut that the breadsticks came in. They were like wood, like shallow. Wood Absolutely, bowls. it yep. looks like they. That's what his mom used. <laughs> so it got like real high. Yeah, but it's still a bowl cut. <laughs> it's so bad dude it looks like fucking jim carrey's hair in it's Dumb and Dumber. yeah it's really bad <laughs> or maybe that simple jack look that we talked about in the faculty yeah in the faculty yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's like higher and tighter in the shades yeah. uh, the sides are like more shaved and stuff yeah it's, it's definitely cut. something that like uh y- y- he probably paid way too much money for Oh, yeah. Somebody yeah. was like, no, no, no. This is the style. <laughs> it's like painting. When we left, they were like, oh, that looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, become a $5 or above Patreon supporter. Get a movie thrown into the bowl that we might randomly draw for the next episode of Dead and Lovely. I'm looking forward to checking out the host. That'll be a Patreon exclusive thing. And, yeah, like you said, even if you're just a buck a month, I get you access to it. Yeah. yeah. Anything else good you checked out? I watched Killing Eve, or at least started it. Oh, yeah? I've heard yeah, a lot of good stuff yeah. about that. Kate went through it and just, like, blew through it because she yeah. fucking loved it. Yeah, Emily also loved it, and so I started it 
um, just the other day, and I've watched the first couple, maybe three episodes, and yeah, I'm I'm way into it. So I'm I'm excited to keep watching that killing Eve. Hell's yeah, man. Yeah, every time that like I came home and she was you know watching that show or whatever, it would look like there is some really interesting and intense shit going on. <laughs> yeah, it's also got some humor to it. I I enjoy it. It's got it's got a, a good, interesting, playful tone to it. Nice, man. We'll have to check that out sometime for sure. You know, Steve, my whistle, it could use a little bit of moisturizing. I can't lie. You mind if I just moisturize my whistle here a hmm. little bit? Yeah, I think I need some of that, too. Well, what I'm going to do first, I'm going to finish sipping on this Topo Chico oh, carbonated yeah? mineral water that I got sitting here in front of me because it's fucking delicious. You ever had the bubbliest thing that's ever been made? Because it's Topo Chico. Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, have a whole bunch of Topo Chico here at my place along with some Topo Chico propaganda. Oh, you don't say, huh? Yeah. It's a uh, yeah, it's it's leaflets you're supposed to just drop out of a, a plane. It says give up other carbonated beverages. <laughs> there is only one. Yeah. Man, have I you mean, made yourself yeah. some ranch water out of that yet? I did, yeah. On on <laughs> Friday night. Oh, I forgot we had the, the streaming chat. We watched uh, Grave Encounters. Oh, that's the other part of my haunting story. That would be the beginning of the horror movie is me watching Grave Encounters and making fun of ghost hunters. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. What, uh, that's what we were doing. Anyway, yeah, you I became had, one. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I, had, I had some ranch water while we did that. Uh, I'll tell you what. Topo Chico tequila and lime is basically the best drink ever. Now, let me ask you, do you like to add the powdered ranch dressing to the drink, or do you do the rim in the ranch powder? I do I do a rim, yeah. yeah. That way I, get, I get the powder directly each drink, you know? That's how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even keep that joke going because it's no. just so bad. Yeah, ranch water is fucking awesome, man. I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing until like I, I posted a... A picture on uh, on Instagram of like me making I don't know it was like vodka and Topo Chico or something like that and lemonade I think it's what I made one day and somebody was like oh no you're doing that wrong you need to make ranch water and I was like what the fuck is this now it's a mm-hmm. delight but I yeah. want something a little bit heavier to drink on than that I want something with some alcohol in it man you know what I'd like to try what if bearded try? iris were to make a double IPA with blackberries strawberries and raspberries. That sounds like something to be right up my alley. Maybe they pitch in some vanilla and some lactose or something in there. Hell yeah. What if they did what if they called it mood ring? What if I had one too? Hell yeah. Then now it would be what, a happier day. Yeah, I uh I opened this before we started the podcast and it it's got some berry delicious smell coming wow. out. Wow. Whoa, it sure does. I'm pouring mm-hmm. mine into a glace right now, and it is like a really dark berry color. Yeah. It's very opaque. I was not uh-huh. expecting that, but it's like, yeah, clearly they used a lot of actual berry peels and extracts and stuff in here. It smells incredible, yeah. dude. That smell there, is There are a lot amazing. of these, like, you know, lactose fruity IPAs and stuff that I've had that I've not really liked, honestly, where it's just like, mm. man, just make it taste like one thing. A lot of them just taste like yeah. they threw every flavor in the book at you, you know? Yeah. So hopefully this will break the mold for me here because it does smell amazing. Yeah. Have you got your like, tug on that thing yet? 
I like the combo of blackberries, strawberries, and raspberries too. That's a mm-hmm. good mixed berry. So let me get let me get a taste of this. See what that thing does to you. See if it energizes you and gives you the power to podcast. This thing looks really, really. That good. is that is super berry. It's like berry juicy. Whoa. That is that tastes like a fresh squoze strawberry. Yeah, that's great. Uh, wow. It's got it's a real me- mellow taste though. It's not like overpowering. Yeah, it it's just like very berry tasting. And it's not too sweet as the thing. Like usually yeah, whenever you have yeah. anything that is like strawberry flavored, it's that sickening cloying like strawberry yeah. candy kind of flavor. This literally tastes like a fresh squeezed strawberry. A strawberry. Strawberry. Yeah. It's got a little tartness to it. The the vanilla is mainly on the aftertaste. Yeah, the vanilla is is really light to me. Yeah. But it does have that milkshakey quality to it. Yeah, it does. That with That's the really good, man. Yeah. I'm very okay with that. I'm yeah, very, very I'm okay fan. with that. All right, uh, here today. The hour. alcohol is, is undetectable. There's absolutely nothing yeah, in there that says I, alcohol. Yeah, I would not guess this is 8.5%. <laughs> wow. Wait, yeah. it's 8.5? Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is like, you need to keep this away from children. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is that Jesus juice you heard about right yeah. there, man. Dude, it's also like not all that hoppy to me. Like for being no, a double yeah, I don't IPA, taste it's hops really hoppy. at all. Yeah, for a double IPA, it really just tastes uh, more like a, a milkshakey berry type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's good. Bearded Irish mm-hmm. fucks. Yeah, yeah, they do. Mm-mm-mm. That's a delight. Well, you know, Steve, the subject of our show today is going to be Come to Daddy, which is a yeah. movie that came out in 20 and 19 featuring old Elijah Wood. This is the second Elijah Wood movie we've done this month. We did The Faculty a couple weeks ago. He just keeps popping up because he keeps on being awesome. Yeah, yeah, he does. And of course, we're going to talk about best daddies to come to. All right. All right. One. Let's get into the preview palace here. Let's get into mm. this best daddies to come oh, to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing. I started laughing. All right. Hey, daddy. Welcome to the preview palace. <laughs> Maybe we could do a list of like best come to daddies, and I'd be like, okay, Hellraiser, Uncle Frank. Apex Twin. Uh-huh, Apex Twin. Uh-huh, yeah. A little bit of that in there. That's probably a short list. That's my top two. Uh, I'll make it a top three and put this movie in there. Those are the best three come to daddies. Top three come to daddies. Uh-huh. The only ones that I want anything to do with, really. Yeah. No, we're not going to talk about daddies we're coming to. We're going to talk. We're going to we're going to ace some cues, man. That's right. That's right. We're going to fack it up in here. We posted... A, uh, a question there on the Facebook group over at Facebook, Dead and Lovely group, horror group, podcast group, Facebook.Facebook, uh, where or we hang out you, with our fans. The, the shorter address is Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. That'll take you there. That'll, That'll take get you, right you there. there. That'll get you there. It's just not as cool as the other address. It's not the scenic route. <laughs> <laughs> and we posted a question to our Dead and Lovelies there asking to submit some questions that we could answer on an FAQ segment of the preview palace so that's what we're going to get into it seems like we got some some good ones submitted this week that i'm excited to answer why don't you kick us off there steve yeah yeah all right so this one comes from uh from a justin marion uh oh mm-hmm. old jmar i call yeah. him jmar with the solid cues mm-hmm. he does he'll cue and you this one this one is very good <laughs> 
Which modern horror monster would you have Abbott and Costello meet in a film? <laughs> so Abbott and Costello famously had uh, a meet with with all of the Universal horror monsters yeah. at some point. They're very social, Abbott yeah. and Costello. Mm-hmm. Mm. So who, who would you pick from modern horror monsters? Gosh. That's pretty. That's pretty tough because there's a lot of options that we could go from yeah. there. Now, I think Fre- I think Freddy Krueger creates the best comedic possibility. That's true. Yeah, there's yeah. obviously going to be some laughs going on right yeah. there, right? So yeah, Freddy chasing Abbott and Costello through their dreams. Awesome. Sounds like they probably great have episode. some wacky Our dreams and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be pretty okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I would really like to see them. God, man. Honestly, these are all great. I'm just thinking of so many. Uh, Abbott and Costello meet the Babadook. They wrestle with their like extreme <laughs> depression and stuff. Yeah. That could be pretty awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like exaggeratedly biting their fingernails like, I'm depressed, Costello. <laughs> or what about a movie where it's Abbott and Costello meets It Follows, or It Follows Abbott and Costello. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep fucking each other back and forth. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, it's going to get me. I got to fuck you. Now it's getting me. I got to <laughs> no. fuck you. Yeah, that is very much in tone with most Abbott and Costello films. They were always sure. fucking each other. They yeah, were always fucking each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they sanitized it for a lot of people, but you see those director's cuts. <laughs> We know what's going on there. Yeah. It's not subtle. It's not subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I like that. All right, Ben. Who is the bigger flirt, Ben or Steve? Ooh. Ooh. This is this is going to be tough right here uh, because mm-hmm. I am a, uh, I'm a notorious, totally unintentional, oblivious flirt or yeah. a totally oblivious flirt target where it's like I... Yeah. I cannot read people's signals whatsoever, like uh-huh. at at all. Uh, I yeah. get flirted on. I flirt on totally yep. by accident all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. I was homeschooled. Yeah, I understand this. I am very overt at flirting. So, uh, pre being married, I was a big flirt, but now that's how you got you my know, attention. Yeah, now, yeah, now my only flirting is is really with dudes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just to keep in practice. Just like that's good. That's good. Looking good there, Ben. Etc. <laughs> that's my that's, that's my flirting. That's how I flirt. Looking good there. That's good, man. You're mm-hmm. very persuasive. So yeah, I'd say you're the bigger flirt because you're just doing it on accident all the time. Golly, imagine if I actually tried. <laughs> what would that be like? You fail. You know you would <laughs> It'd be awful. The That'd second you tried, you'd fall over your shoes somehow. You'd just be like, oh, hey. Yeah. But it would be bad. That would work. The accidental falling over, they'd be like, oh, that baby. Oh, look at this guy. He's so cute. He was homeschooled. (laughs) Okay. So this one is uh, from Grayson Hester. What is one act? Yeah. Hey, Grayson. What is one act of violence you can't bear to look at in movies? For him, Ooh. it's needles, and I agree with that. I I have to look away every single time they, like for some reason, every time they do a, a blood taking thing in mm-hmm. anything, they show it. 
They do. Like, they love to look, show you that needle going in. Yeah. Look how we can fake the needle. And then sometimes they do it with a real needle because the actor's like, I want to be hardcore. And it's like, Man, fuck <laughs> you. Fuck. <laughs> so I get that. I hate seeing needles. Uh, and, you know, we've also both talked about we hate seeing dogs get killed in horror movies. Oh, yeah. I can't deal with that. None of that, uh, please. And ra- rape scenes are, you know, out. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I would say like very, very niche things that hit me would be like eyeball stuff. I hate seeing some eye damage. Fulci, oh man, needles Fulci and eyeballs. Put eye. that together. Ooh. Oh my oh, god, yeah. dude. Suspiria. Suspiria's got like Suspiria. some needles in the eyeballs at the end of that, doesn't it? Yep, it does. Oh Ugh. yeah, I can't deal with that. I've always had a thing about people touching on their eyeballs. I just cannot do. It. I can't watch my fucking wife put contact lenses in. It's oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you close the, the door? <laughs> <laughs> I got contacts as a teenager and my, my grandmother had them. And so like, you know, they put them in for you at the place. And then when I got home, like I was like, all right, so how do I get these out? And she was like, you just reach in there and pull them out. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so I'm standing at the mirror for like 15 minutes trying to, develop the courage to touch my eye now it doesn't bother me at all but i see i see your your issue there it's Uh -uh. gross yeah can't do it not gonna do it nope what historical event do you think should have a horror movie set during it uh give some examples here the holocaust world war one fall the berlin wall um oh man who okay i I think I kind of talked about this not long ago when I watched Overlord that it was it was really cool to see a uh, horror movie set during World War II. That's yeah, fun. totally. Uh, man, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, because like uh, Suspiria, the second one, that is that's that's a little bit before the fall of the Berlin Wall, isn't it? Uh huh. Yeah, it's in the seventies, so you know, like a decade before. Man, I, I mean, Holocaust, that does sound brutal. Ooh, <laughs> that's man, a, that's one of those yeah. things that could be wickedly dark. Could yeah, also that could easily, be too bad. Yeah, it that could, could easily be... encroach on like uh, like yeah. tokenization or yeah. exploitation, like Holocaust exploitation, sure. where it's like, okay, you're making yeah. this into a fucking joke or something. <laughs> yeah. That could be we've, bad. We've seen uh, slavery used in Tales from the Hood, effectively. Yeah, with the the like uh, the dolls at the end that that killed was it Don Johnson or <laughs> can't remember who it was. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, man. There's so many like just human atrocities where it's like I guess fictionalizing some of it is just inappropriate, but you could find ways of of working in things. Cause there was recently Antebellum that I that horror movie. I haven't seen it yet, but whatever that was about Janelle mm-hmm. Monet movie. Yeah. So there are ways, I guess, to work in those, like maybe really tough areas. I mean, if, if you heard maybe that, uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky was making a Holocaust horror movie. I think he could probably navigate that without That's making true. Yeah. it. Yeah. It'd be a sticky wicket, but it's probably it'd be tough. Doable. Yeah. That'd be a tough one to do. You know, honestly, I think rather than going for, any of the obvious answers like, oh yeah, during the time of the Black Plague or Jack the Ripper or anything like that, I would like to see something that really steps out of that and 
doesn't do an obvious time period where things are like really shitty. Like I would love to oh, see a, okay. a Renaissance era uh -huh. horror movie. Okay. You know, where it's like you got yeah. fucking Da Vinci trying to figure out who's figuring out, yeah, you know, who's killing people all over the city. He's doing his crazy little drawings. He's being all gay everywhere, you know, like he did. Yeah. Yeah. I can see I that, that actually. Cool. Yeah, like or an ancient Egyptian horror movie. That's what like, I'm saying, dude. Or like yeah, an Aztec yeah. one. Like an Aztec horror oh, movie would be man. fucking awesome, man. Gotcha. And, you know, it's like somebody's murdering all these people, and they're like, oh, it's Quetzalcoatl, or like one of their crazy Apocalypto Aztec gods or whatever. Apocalypto kind of is. Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah. That, cause, and it does end with like that ominous ships on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Here comes does, the end. It? Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty that, cool movie, yeah that's, that's a good idea, though. Yeah, like the... Yeah, Apocalypto is a pretty cool movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd like to see something a good just idea, less though. obvious. Yeah, pick you know? a, a, a not, like a less obvious time. Mm -hmm. I think Lovecraft Country is kind of doing that by uh, contextualizing things differently. Um, I talked about this last week. Lovecraft Country is an HBO show. Um, uh, basically, recontextualizing the North in the in the fifties and sixties and showing you know just how much slavery there was and how how horrific it was uh i think that that's interesting to maybe recontextualize these happy times that people yeah. think about yeah oh yeah, yeah there's cool. never there's never a happy time where everybody's yeah, happy yeah somebody's exactly. getting shit on for it to be yes, a happy time. yeah yeah that's cool that's a good idea yeah man good question yeah great question all right Kev Bickerdyke's getting two here because he asked two really good oh, questions. He's Kev Bickerdyke in it. Oi. Yeah. You're going to love his second question. <laughs> Kev always wait. comes up with the smashes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, if you if you and I directed a horror movie, Ben, and yes. we had the chance to have it scored by any living musician or band, if for some reason you couldn't do it, okay, who yeah. would we pick? Oh, man. Ooh, so that's a great question uh, yeah yeah that one was i mean i thought of you know a few classics uh if you could get goblin to come that was in, my first thought is like obviously uh, fucking goblin but uh there's also john carpenter out there still kicking ass and jc's music. out there yeah, yeah definitely man uh, i would love to get tobias forge from ghost i mean i've always oh, said yeah. like See the only thing that do? could make yeah. House of the Devil more cool is like if at the end there is like you know <laughs> Elizabeth or one of those Opus Eponymous era ghost songs at the end of right. it. I think yeah, that could be, be really really neat actually. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, I think I think there, are, I think there are a number of people. Trent Reznor does scores for movies. I don't know if he's has he done any horror movies. I don't know if he has. I was actually about to suggest yeah. him too though because I don't know if I've yeah. ever seen anything horror with him doing a soundtrack for it yeah i'd like to see that for sure because yeah. i mean he does a great job so that would be interesting mm -hmm. um, also like apex twin man an apex twin score yeah. on a horror movie could be nuts <laughs> that might be yeah it might even be too distracting because apex twin is scary enough <laughs> sometimes but sometimes he does like the ambient stuff that can just That's be true. really yeah ambiguous and like very mood setting in a lot of yeah. ways so yeah yeah I think there, I think there are a number of people uh, that I, I guess your hands were chopped off or something, but we were like, well, let's make a movie. <laughs> Since your hands are off, let's make a movie. Yeah. We would say, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So this second question, though, Ben, you kind of uh, led us into it with your with your little British impression there. Oi! If you found out there was a 50% chance that the next time you did your British accent, you'd be stuck with it, would you take the risk? By God, I think I would, wouldn't I? <laughs> Oi! <laughs> Oi, my voice is stuck this way! Bollocks! Swoons! Oh, God save the queen! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! And I'd now I live the rest of I'd my days as a British man. You'd have the rest of your life, people would be like, who's the guy doing the bad British accent? <laughs> Why did he just start talking that way out of nowhere? There's like literally <laughs> thousands of hours of him talking on the podcast and on his Madonna? YouTube channel. Is that what oh, that might have happened. Yeah. Is this kind of like when we'd make a, an ugly face as kids and our moms would be like, it'll get stuck that way. Yeah. Kev's yes. trying to be like, don't do that fucking accent again. It'll get it'll stuck get that stuck. way. It'll get stuck, yeah. All right. And now, <laughs> now I got two two would you rathers. These, oh, no. These are fun. If you had to kill one person every day for the rest of your life or you die, would you? Oh, God. Is it the same person every day and they keep coming back? Um, I don't think. I think you got to find a fresh person each time. I got to find a freshie every single time. Yeah, yeah you can't just reuse. <laughs> okay, here's the thing that I wonder, though. is What are the terms and conditions here? This is one of those okay. things that would really Let's depend on the minutia. Because if I found out that I could just make a phone call to a, a death row scenario somewhere in the country every day and be like, I authorize you to pull the switch. And that, you know, counts as me killing somebody. As long as they're killing, like, you know, fucking pedophiles and, and people that have done really heinous fucked up stuff and all I got to do is make the phone call to say, flip the switch. Does that count? Because I could probably do that. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Man. I would be worried somebody was innocent. Okay, there is always that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know if I I'd have time to it. review all the cases, you know, to be mm. like, okay, this is de- this guy's definitely scum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it would take me so much time to review the cases, I'd be dead before I made a decision. You don't think you'd go full vigilante and just be like, I'm going to go fucking people hunting today. I could not do that. Mm, <laughs> no. No. I no. <laughs> no. No, I just couldn't. So, no. No. I Unless, like, uh, okay, if we were in a situation where we were, like, uh, having to defend ourselves from uh, an onslaught of terrorists, I don't know, maybe they're white people with guns. Um, and <laughs> and that were the case, I, I would probably take the the... Uh, kill somebody to keep myself alive because I would assume I'm gonna die anyway one of these days okay. and I'm going to be killing but it's gonna how you happen so like what's what's what do I lose all right fair enough that works but I that's like to me the most depressing possible scenario I could ever be in yeah yeah, it's not good. And I would probably take it just so I could sit around for 24 hours knowing, okay, well, I'll be done in 24 <laughs> hours. I'm done with this. It's over. Uh, that's Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, that, that came from, sorry, I haven't been saying who said the things. That was from Blake Popes. 
Blake. All right. So this is the last one. Last one. Okay. And this uh, this is from Jason Morjohn, and he says it's from the Is We Dumb podcast. <laughs> Would you rather only be able to yell all the time or only be able to whisper all the time? Oh, my God. And I feel like this has been posed to me because I yell all the time. So I feel like it's been posed to me because I have to repeat myself goddamn constantly <laughs> because I have a quiet voice. Yeah. So... I guess we're already in that reality. <laughs> I guess we're already there. Yeah, it's like I whisper all the time and you yell all the time, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's how it is. <laughs> I guess I I guess I'd leave it as it is because I mean, if I yell like a lot, like anytime yeah. I've been to a concert and I spend all night, you know, mm-hmm. yelling over the band, talking to people or whatever. Right, yeah. I get like instant sore throat. Like I just cannot raise right. my voice. It fucking hurts my throat and stuff. So, I guess I'll just have to leave it as is. I do have that problem where I do have a loud voice, but in a bar, my voice just sort of uh, registers with the general murmur. Yeah, so I have it to cut, yell huh? way louder, uh, mm. and that that sucks. That, I hate that. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> get that raspy throat. No good. Get that smoker tone. Yeah, uh, sexy. Those are those are the FAQs. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for contributing. Of, some good ones. Yeah, there were a lot of others that I could have chosen from. I just, I just picked a, a few that I thought would spark the most conversation. Titillate the masses. Yay, yay. <laughs> and you guys be sure to join up over there on the Facebook group and join in the hilarity, the fun, the laughs, and more. So thank you guys so much for contributing to this installment of The Preview Palace. But now, Steve, it is time <gasps> to get to the movie review proper and start doing a proper good old chin wag about Come to Daddy from 20 and 19. This movie is bananas. It and is. I'll tell you it this. Is. If you're listening to this sh- you know, show for maybe your first time or something like that, uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of the movie. This is a movie that is spoilery, I would say. Yeah. Um, especially yeah, if you don't... watch the the trailer and you you have one conception about what this movie is going to be like. Yeah. It changes pretty fast, it does. trust me. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, if you we are if you want to watch this, you probably don't want to hear the rest of it. But Yeah. And I'll go uh, ahead and preface it by saying, yes, you should watch this movie. You it's should fucking you awesome. should. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Yeah, but we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing, so spoilers beware. Uh, this was my first time watching this the other night, and I had it on again last night in the background while I was working on some recording and stuff, so I kind of caught uh-huh. bits and pieces of it uh, a second time around. And I really, really enjoyed this movie. I watched yeah. the trailer for it like a week or two ago and thought that it looked like a really crazy, claustrophobic, disturbing movie about a guy who goes to see his estranged father and then he gets there and the dad is like really weird and like maybe murderous. Like mm-hmm. it seemed like kind of like that, um, kind of the same deal from that, that trailer for, uh, what's that M. Night Shyamalan one? The Vacation, right? The Visit. The Visit. There you go. Where the kids mm-hmm. go see the grandparents and it turns out they want to kill them and stuff. Like it reminded me kind of of that in a way. So I was like, okay, this will be cool. Like I like that kind of flick, a little claustrophobic cat and mouse kind of game. And it was maybe about, 20 30 minutes of the movie i was like and that's not what this movie is it kept me gripped and just guessing like where the fuck is this even going and i enjoyed it a lot man yeah about it's about 20 30 minutes in that uh the guy we think is his dad dies 
Yeah. And then it seems for 20 minutes of the movie that it's a horror movie about maybe a ghost. Yeah. And then 50 minutes into the movie, we meet his actual dad and find out it's a crime movie. Yeah, it's like a weird, humorous crime caper movie. Yeah. It's really weird because it does this evolution, yeah, where it starts off and it's like this, you know, killer stranger stranded kind yeah. of movie. And then it turns into this like slow burn, mm-hmm. maybe supernatural thing. Uh, it kind of keeps changing directions on you. But at the same time, you know, after you watch the movie, it does feel very cohesive to me. Yeah. Like it's easy yeah. for movies that kind of like genre jump like that to just feel like a disjointed mess. Yeah. But this movie doesn't feel like that to me. It all yeah, feels very cohesive. On a second watch through, um, knowing what you know, it do- it flows perfectly fine. Yeah. Because I think you so know everything. Yeah. You're not being pulled through these different genres. You know the genre from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it kind of changes your experience of it. But yeah, it's wild watching it the first time through. Just like, wait, what is that? What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The finding is his dad under the house in that like bomb shelter that was just like wait what the fuck is this movie what is happening (laughs) (laughs) and then it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and we get introduced to these characters that are stranger and stranger like when the movie starts and you're introduced to elijah wood you're like he's this weird hipster millennial kind of you know I don't Rich know what, what what fucking generation are we, Steve? Because he's around our age. Uh, well, he would be Gen X. Uh, he's he's a couple years older than us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but he, yeah, he is supposed. I think he's supposed to be millennial. Uh, he, you know, he's always on his phone. He's. Uh, I get the impression Gen- he's thirty-five ish. Yeah. So yeah, millennial. Uh, so gender fluidish, you know, he, he paints his thumbnails. He's wearing that uh, shirt that is is uh, the guy he thinks is his dad. Yeah, it says it looks like something a cunt would wear. <laughs> oh uh, man, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, the the whole his whole interactions with Gordon Stephen McAdey are fucking. They're wild. They it, are wild, man. Yeah, they are. Uh, but yeah, Norval. Um, also, Norville. Norville. Just the fact yeah. that they named him Norville. Yeah, it's a that's a wild name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he's a Beverly Hills rich kid. He, you know, he he's obviously full of shit. Yeah, like he, you know, and Gordon sees that calls him, calls out, him on out on it. it. Yeah, but uh, he he's he is. I think he's like. Um, yeah, he's supposed to be this millennial who grew up without his dad, and he obviously has some some uh, father issues. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to have a lot of very usable skills, no. let's say. Which, of course, yeah, is one of those things that fucking you know, boomers are always complaining about and all right. that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, notice also that you guys just let us hold the flashlight and didn't teach us a lot of stuff a lot of times. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah. I learned all that stuff, but I was taught by my grandfather. Right. So, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is exactly how our parents' generation was, is very much hands-off and then like, wait, why didn't you learn anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like you meet his character and it's like, okay, he's like 
really quirky and strange and weird. And then you meet this guy, yeah, Gordon, who's supposed to be his dad. And you're like, holy shit, this guy's a nutcase. And then it's like, there ain't nobody normal in the movie. Like, even <laughs> after the dad, well, the fake dad unexpectedly dies, the fucking cop that shows up is nutty as shit. Yeah. Garfield Wilson is the actor, uh, who's a British guy. I didn't detect a British, uh, like, putting on an American accent. No. Uh, so he was doing a good job there. Uh, very strange. Talks about how uh, people who are bad have raisin eyes. <laughs> I got this theory. <laughs> I, I think means, like, they, they have, like, wrinkly eyes. Small I, I, and I dark and beady. Small, yeah. I. <laughs> but, but he says that Gordon has them, and he's got pretty big bright blue eyes so yeah. it's like wait okay what did that what does it mean then well then uh, even later the coroner's like you have kind eyes <laughs> yes yeah people keep commenting on eyes uh this yeah the the cop though when he's like uh i could burp on command if that would cheer you up <laughs> then he does it and then he like, does it what the fuck like yeah. out of nowhere it's L- just lines like such that are a like, weird moment they're so Coen Brothers-y to me yeah. in a lot of ways, where people in Coen Brothers movies don't really behave on any kind of spectrum of normality. Like, they just no. say and do random-ass weird shit like that. Yeah. That was one of those moments for me where you're just like, wait, what did he just say? And then he, like, burps <laughs> in front of him on command. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it's wild. It's pretty wild. And then when you meet all the people that are kind of at the heart of this story, like the uh, the kind of thugs and stuff that I guess his dad was affiliated with yeah. and used to do crime operations and with, yeah, they're all lunatics and weird as shit, man. They are strange, strange people. We got uh, Michael Smiley as Jethro, who uh, Michael Smiley is awesome he's in kill list he's in luther he's a great actor really good at playing uh strange guy roles um in in a sort of straight way i think he plays his role really like straight he's not being wacky the character just is wacky (laughs) he just kind of is that way yeah 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 he's being serious but he comes off as like what you can't be serious uh, yeah, he's he's crazy. And then uh, what's the other guy's name? Crap. Um, the the guy who gets stabbed in the balls. Uh, oh yeah, uh, the the hunchback. So he's the called D- yeah, Dandy. 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 That's right. Yeah, uh, that guy. Why do they call him the hunchback? I don't know. I was literally a... about to ask yeah. you that. He doesn't have a hunchback. I th- you, yeah. Do you think it's just like a like a weird sort of like inside joke between them or I don't know like this guy is yeah. the goon that does the killing he's the hunchback like I don't know but again yeah. that's a kill that's a kill list thing too yeah that's true the hunchback is in kill list oh wow what so, if they I were just know, making man. a little reference to that could be so uh, yeah so yeah we got these wild characters the writer of this is Toby Harvard which sounds like a made up name totally uh, he is. He also wrote the Greasy Strangler. I have been wanting to watch that since it came out because I've heard it is just bizarre and disgusting yeah. as fuck. Yeah, it's also produced by Elijah Wood. I think that's kind of how they they met. Wow. Uh. So yeah, he's he also co-created the uh, Adult Swim show Tropical Cop Tales, which I haven't seen, but I know is weird. 
and wrote the G is for granddad segment of ABCs of death Two. Okay. His, his, uh, his stuff in the past has been odd, but I think this is, as you said, it's Coen brothersy, but it doesn't seem like it's trying to be Coen brothersy. Like, I think this is like a, a pretty good example of a, of a writer really maybe hitting their own voice. Like he, he, this this definitely has a very specific voice, and it is funny and weird, but it works. It's kind of like a Leonard Cohen voice. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like a Leonard Cohen voice. That's right. It's like it's creepy and <laughs> yeah. it's weird, but it's also kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, this is also directed by Ant Timpson, who also Ant. has a made-up name. All yeah, that's, made that's up, clearly an alibi, uh, an alias, I mean. An alias, yeah. Um, and he, he produced the ABCs of Death movies, as okay. well as Turbo Kid, which is something I hear I need to watch. Turbo Kid is crazy awesome. Yeah. It's, Mad, it's Mad Max on bikes in the 80s. You have to watch it. It's so that's fucking awesome. good, man. And uh, he also produced uh, Deathgasm. Which so, I've heard is amazing. So many people have told me I have to watch that movie, and I still haven't. I'm a loser. Yeah. So the people coming into this, like you just, you, they put together a good team of great character actors, uh, a good star in Elijah Wood who doesn't, uh, you know, take up. He, he he's the star, but like he he's very perfect as the straight man to these crazy people. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> and also, too, at the same time, it's like, yeah, he's the star or whatever, but he also doesn't mind acting as this character who's kind of inept and pretty yeah. useless in a lot of ways. And also, yeah. it's like a flawed character. I mean, whenever he oh, like, yeah. tries to bullshit his dad and tell him mm-hmm. that stupid lie, lie about knowing Elton John and shit, like, right. he's not a perfect character that we're really supposed to love. Like, I don't really know that we're supposed to love any of the characters in this movie, no, honestly. No, they're all just kind of like, eh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to be involved in their lives. Uh, which is, I think, the the uh, Madeline Sammy, who plays Gladys, she kind of represents the audience where it's like, you know, uh, she's she's the, the coroner. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He he tells her about the raisin eyes thing, and she's like, "That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard." Or whatever. Like, like <laughs> he tries to like she, booty call her later, and she's like, "No, I'm no. not coming over." Yeah, she's just like the like she's us. She's supposed to show us like, oh, in this world, these people are weird. Like this world isn't <laughs> weird. Yeah, these are yeah. weird motherfuckers in this world. Because <laughs> honestly, like she's about the only normal character in yeah. this that acts in yeah. any kind of sensible, rational right. manner amidst <laughs> all this fucking weirdness. Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost like Napoleon Dynamite as a horror movie in a lot you of ways. You know what? It kind of is. In a lot of ways, it really yeah. is. Where it's just random and stupid with all these weird-ass characters. Yeah, yeah but it works. Right. Yeah, but it works very yeah. much so, man. God, yeah, so man. I, I, I was, yeah, just really impressed with 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 all of what they brought together here, and I, I want to get it. I mean, because like you know, we got to talk about all the weird craziness and stuff, but the the thing that's wildest to me is that this actually comes from an idea from a true story from Ant Timpson's life. That can't be good. Yeah, okay, so his father died, 
and his father's partner had the body embalmed and then brought back to the house as a way for the family to spend some time with him. No thanks. So the body was there in an open coffin for a week, which is already odd. Uh, While it was there, during that time, some people he did not know showed up and came to pay respects to his father and then shared a bunch of stories that did not sound like his father. What? This is like hereditary. Yes. It's fucking crazy. What so, in the hell? So he told this story to Toby Harvard and Toby Harvard took off with it. So that that is wild. I, I can understand how that happening to you would make you be like, now what the fuck was going on with my dad? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. And that's one of those things, too, that ultimately gets down to a lot of the the themes I think that we have in this movie of yeah. being being distant from your father as yeah, I think a lot common. of people in our generation yeah. are. Uh, and yeah. also too, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people in our generation are distant because of things like divorce. And then yeah. even our dads were probably distant from their dad because their dads were mainly fucking maniac shitty hard dad. asses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shitty dads from the greatest yeah, generation. Is- yeah, that is uh, actually, I mean, this has been pretty well documented. That, yeah, the the older parenting style was a very domineering father uh, that you wanted to avoid and get away from. And then when divorce became a thing, uh, you could get away from those assholes. Uh, a lot of men were raised without a father figure in the home. So a lot of uh, Gen X men and women and a lot of millennials have grown up without a father in, in the home for a, a good portion of their their youth yeah uh, yeah totally so this is very uh, very understandable i i know i mean you and i are both children of divorce i don't know much of anything about my dad at all i the, actually similar to this uh my parents got divorced around when i was five and I've only seen him a couple of times since then. Yeah. I would recognize him. Like, if somebody was saying they were him, I'd be like, no, no, you're not him. Because right. he looks more like me than, like, I, I get how this happened. Like, he had not even seen pictures of his dad or whatever, I guess, since he was five. Because his mom just hated him, I guess. I, I, I don't know what the deal is with that. That's like, true. If you there, there's seen, a little bit of a hole there, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you if I hadn't seen any pictures of my dad up to any point and hadn't seen him, I I guess that, that could be true. I could easily be like, oh, oh, okay, this random guy is my dad. Yeah, uh, but yeah, th- this is I think a, a very relevant thing. Um, it's it's also more common now for uh, people to you know have kids outside of marriage and not get married. So. There's now a new form of fatherhood that, uh, it, you know, millenn- millennial fathers are both more in, like, if they're in a marriage, they're more involved in raising their kids, and uh, lots of non-traditional families also make it work in ways that, you know, our parents weren't able to because oh, they, yeah. hadn't see- they hadn't seen any like any relationship other than unhappy marriage or happy marriage. Yeah, and I'll yeah. tell you what, man. Like all of my friends that are you know around our age that have kids, 
I think are just knocking it out of the park, being yeah, fucking great that, dads. Same. Yeah, every you time know? I see, yeah, any any dads our age, it's like, oh, they like actually care. They're actively involved. It's not the stuff that uh, most of us grew up with. Yeah, no, not at all, man. And it's like yeah. I'm talking. I know that there's people that are from our parents' generation where the dad never changed a fucking diaper. They oh, were yeah. just completely Absolutely. hands off. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, raising a child is the woman's work. I'll yeah. be here to fucking play baseball with the kid whenever he's ready. Like, mm-hmm. really weird stuff, which is also kind of the situation in a, in a lot of ways with me. Like, my parents didn't get divorced until I was, like, 18. Uh, oh, yeah. And in my situation, it's like my my dad, just he wasn't really home a lot. He wasn't, like, an abusive fucking maniac or anything like right. that. But Just absent. Yeah, just wasn't really at home very much. And uh, so I was essentially raised by my mom. And... I think I related to a lot of the the tension and stuff in this movie in a lot of ways because you have this guy who is essentially raised by his mother uh, that has, you know, developed as a person without a lot of, let's say, manly skills. Like, I never played sports and shit like that. When I was a kid, I wasn't really into, like, cars and stuff. Of course, living in the South, man, it's like, your dad worked on cars. That's just how it is. Um, <laughs> our generation, yeah. our area of the country and stuff. And I wasn't really into any of that stuff when I was a kid. I like cars and stuff now. But when I was a kid, it's like I didn't play sports. I didn't work on cars and stuff. I wanted to like do drawings and fucking you know art and stuff like that. Right. And so I think kind of this like distance that Elijah Wood's character feels from his father and also maybe even the intimidation factor that he feels from his dad and having nothing in common with him is something that stuck out to me and like honestly kind of made me uncomfortable for a while i was kind of getting like those uh remember i told you whenever i watched like honey boy a couple weeks ago i was like fuck Mm -hmm. it just like destroyed my mood and made me feel awful (laughs) yeah i was like oh my god i hope it's not an hour and a half of this so i was actually kind of relieved when 20 minutes in the movie the whole tone of the change the whole tone of the film changes and stuff i was okay with that because i was like oh okay cool it's not just gonna be like tension of son and dad for the whole movie so i felt okay with that but i think that that's something that probably a lot of us in our generation feel kind of this just like this maybe this fear or this pressure to not be as manly as your dad and our maybe a lot of our dads being very judgmental and stuff for not being Mm. clones of them in a lot of ways you know well the the manliness uh is toxic I know, that, that's that's air quotes yeah. that's total air yeah. quotes manliness yeah. obviously yeah the, their shit is toxic like um so i i don't care <laughs> i don't care what my dad thinks uh but i there are a lot of reasons for that i my my dad uh was out of my life early and i had yeah. a, a bunch of like surrogate father figures like my my uh grandfather who as i said taught me all the car stuff and and all that stuff and my grandfather and my uncle were both coaches for baseball and football so i played baseball and football and i hung out with my uncle who was a nerd and played video games and read fantasy novels so i i got my like um surrogate father figures from the rest of my family and got and got those other things you know that that you were talking about but I do get the tension. I, I have talked about the the last time I talked to my father was um, I was getting on a bus in West Hollywood and he was telling me how he had tried to call his brothers or something and nobody would would talk to him. 
Mm. And I, I said, well, that that's what happens when you treat people like shit your entire life. Yeah. We had the rest of our conversation. It ended. I have not talked to him since. He hasn't Word. called me back. Because yeah. he didn't like to hear that uncomfortable truth and to find out that, yes, in fact, his son does recognize he was a shitty dad, but because his son is not a shitty person, he will still talk to you. <laughs> I'll still yeah. have the conversation, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to pretend. Uh, so this this hit me as well. Like the, the way they were talking, like um, I, unlike Norval, would have been more confrontational from the beginning. Sure. Yeah. To, but, but that, that level of tension hit me just like you're saying, like, it was just like, Oh God, it made me angry. Actually. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> I would be so angry if this was my dad to be like, what the, what? Mm, no, you don't get to, you don't get to. Yeah. Well, and ultimately <laughs> like, the question that he keeps asking the whole movie, like, why did you call me here? Why did you send yeah, me that letter? Like, exactly. Like, yeah. Especially, you know, in the beginning when he thinks, Gordon is his dad. That would that tension would just be like, what? You asked me to come here, and now you're treating me like shit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and so two man, like that, that lack of that lack of you know having a a father figure in Norville's life and in a lot of people from our generation's life. I mean, it's not just us, y'all. I mean, obviously, it's like there's people in our parents' generation that grew up with single moms raising them and stuff like that. Oh too, yeah, but for sure, and it was I think harder this then. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is very much made to highlight the fatherlessness of our generation in particular. Yeah, how common that is, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. But what you end up with there a lot of times, too, uh, and I've, I've seen this from, like, kids in, you know, the neighborhood that I grew up in and stuff like that. Like, kids that don't have a dad try to find a dad elsewhere. Yeah. They find other exactly. yeah. guys in the neighborhood that are out there with the hood of their car lifted up and go over there and it's like, hey, mister, what are you doing? Like... You know, there's people that I've seen bounce around trying to find father figures, authority figures, or, or whatever in their lives. Yeah. And I think that that is one of those things that leads to a lot of very fucking destructive, messed up behavior. And we see some of it in this movie in a lot of ways. Because, like, if you think about the two father figures that he has in this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the first father figure that he has, Gordon, who claims to be his father it's immediately clear that he is trying to murder him. Like uh -huh. he is. runs out into the water and he throws a gigantic a rock, rock at his head, like right at his head. Yeah. Yeah. And he even hears him on the phone being like, we can use him as collateral, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, there's no hiding of the intentions of Gordon. Uh, but the thing is, is that, uh, Norville's desire for a father figure makes him give this guy a chance because he just wants a father so badly that he is willing to be around this guy that is trying to kill him. And then even later on, whenever he finds his actual dad, literally the first thing his actual dad asks him to do is to kill for him. He's like, yep. you're going to have to murder these people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is a guy that just went 30 years without a dad, yeah. found out this guy claiming to be his dad was a liar, encounters this other guy who says he is his dad and asks him to murder somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some crazy Old Testament shit. And this wow, is also yeah. just stuff that happens whenever people desperately need that father figure in their lives. And, it, yeah, I use the word Old Testament here to reference the fact that we've seen through so many writings and films and stuff like this that, you know, our, our fathers are our models for God in every mm -hmm. way, you know? And I think that this movie deals with a lot of those things very directly, actually. I think that there's, like, kind of a an odd godlike or biblical subtext in a lot of the stuff in this movie. 
where if you think about it, I mean, obviously he's on this quest to find his father. There's plenty of Old Testament stories of God killing people and God asking people to kill other people. Yeah. <laughs> like the dads in this are very Old Testament God, uh-huh. you know? And if you think about it, and again, this is totally, I realize this is absolutely reaching, but this is just me seeing this through this lens of, you know, not only Norville finding his dad, but also any of us, what it would be like if we met God, if we met our creator, what it would actually be like and how it might not really be what you want it to be, you know? Right. If you think about it, okay, his dad is down there. He's got one eye, very much like Odin, the all-father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, whenever Jethro comes down there and stabs him with his extrament poo knife, as he says, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. stabs he stabs him in the ad- abdomen, essentially giving him a, a stigmata wound. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like you can really reach and pull at a lot of things in here and be like, okay, this is a model of God, not just a model of dads, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> in the in the end, he's looking for his father's forgiveness for not letting his his mother move on. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's very much there, I think. And yeah, uh, uh, even the the way he keeps referencing back to the letter and the question of like, why does this exist? That's also a very religious thing. Like, yeah, you know, why did you people, bring me here? Why? Well, people even wrestling with scripture and uh why it exists like the belief that it comes from god and if it does come from god then why it wasn't any more clear and why you know like yeah uh yeah why, it's, did, it's why very, did you make me and leave me here yeah and then why did you give me these very vague instructions why do you want me to come back to you why all these things yeah um so yeah i think you're right there's definitely a religious aspect to it and uh the the bit you know he's he's looking for his father's approval and i i think there's something interesting about the fact that with gordon despite the fact he's looking for his father's approval he doesn't seem to try hard with gordon to get his approval but immediately when he finds his dad brian down in the basement uh you know, he he gets pretty quickly convinced it's his actual dad because he sees the pictures, and his dad tells him to break his his finger, which oh, he does with some hesitation, but does like he, with Gordon he was very like defiant, but with Brian he's very much like yeah this is my daddy like he 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 accepts the father so uh, there, there's something going on there where he he maybe suspects Gordon from the beginning. Because he he is very defiant with him that in a way that he's not with his actual dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, I yeah. think this movie just kind of looks at all those those dad issues <laughs> in yeah. a lot of ways, and I don't think it's any irony that it's called "Come to Daddy." I think it's really meant to be a lens to observe all the issues that I think a lot of us have with our dads and what it's like to meet your creator and for that creator to not really be what you. What you thought. In a lot of ways, yeah. this is kind of like fucking, uh, what is it? Alien Covenant or Prometheus? <laughs> Only it's way good. <laughs> yeah, it is very similar to whichever one of those. I think it's Prometheus <laughs> we're thinking of, yes. But the thing that I wonder about this, too, is like, obviously, we got all the dad stuff that we were talking about. But there's also some, like, 
kind of odd subtext about woman and mothers and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Like one of the first things that Gordon asks is if Norville sleeps in the same bed as his mom, which I yeah. don't know if they're trying to get into some kind of like Oedipus, Oedipus complex kind of shit here. Like well, I think just he kind was... of the, the, old, the good old beliefs that, you know, all men want to kill their fathers and sleep with their mothers, like very Freudian shit. I don't know where yeah. that came from. But uh, yeah, there. I think he was. I think he was digging at him with that, like uh, that he's thirty-five and he still lives with his mother, and that there's obviously some uh, issues going on. And yeah, and Gordon's an asshole as well. It's obviously not a very female-centric movie. I mean, it's really just about no. a boy and and his quest for a father in so many ways. But I didn't really understand the relationship with what did you say her name is Gladys the coroner. Yeah. Because yeah. she kind of seems like she's going to be an important part in the movie, and then he, you know, drunk dials her and she shoots him down, and that's just kind of all we hear from her. I was kind of expecting her to to come back later or serve more of an important role. I think, um, you know, she she was really there to be our barometer of normality. Like, <laughs> that's a good she way to was put it. Just, and, and when it, whenever it gets, it kicks off to full wacky, She's no longer needed. We 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 know what's normal, and now this is this is wacky. I yeah. I also would have expected her to come back for something a little later. Uh, but maybe you know, um, maybe they just cut that because it was sort of already wrapped up. And I I guess you know we don't need to wrap up her her storyline, but it does leave that loose end of just like okay so. Why was she there? (laughs) Uh, I think maybe you could have combined the cop and Gladys, the the two characters, and just made it like a a weird coroner. Made her burp on command. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, just, I don't know. But then, yeah, we don't have her to just sort of establish what normal is. Uh, And then with the other uh, female characters, we got Precious, who is uh she's a sex worker who uh, does some bdsm it looks like <laughs> it looks like she does some wwedsm yeah uh-huh. <laughs> dude like she that's one of those some... areas in this movie where i'm like nothing in this movie can be normal because you see no. um what is his name is it jethro jethro yeah goes to this hotel and hires this prostitute and stuff and elijah wood is trying to like sneak into the room and room again, the room adjoining which yeah, nothing's uh, has, normal yeah has a the uh, i guess some people who are tired from a, a four-way a whole uh, bunch of swinging it's a damn swingers yeah. convention a ge- what do they call it ge- geology convention yeah or he something? said a, a geology convention but it's a swingers convention yeah it's just a big old swingers thing at this hotel dude that scene where he has to like try to stealthily sneak through that bedroom and he <laughs> He steps on that fucking condom, and then he steps on, like, a bottle of cheap vodka. Uh Uh-huh. Like, all the obstacles are just stupid as shit, and he's hitting all of them. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not waking them up. Yeah, it it was, it's it's some good silliness. Uh, And then he he gets, he doesn't get the door open before waking everybody in the room up. (laughs) Stepping on that remote and stuff. And, dude, (laughs) I'll tell you this. We we make no... uh, we know we make no effort to hide the fact that we are some fans 
of some of our ladies Pooh Bearing it a little bit. Yeah. The, the good old shirt only scenario uh-huh. does not work well for men. It's just not a flattering situation. <laughs> this dude is just <laughs> in here. Hanging out. Yeah. Dude, when you just see like a man lying on a bed with just a shirt and no pants and no drawers yeah. on and just his sleepy dick flopping out, and then he gets yeah. up out of bed. Uh, there's nothing about this that is flattering. No, nothing sexy about it at all. No. No, no. Pooh uh, Baron no. is not for the guys. Nope. <laughs> Fellas, just keep your pants on. Keep some drawers on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah. He, he gets through that door, and then we see, yeah, she's got him in some sort of submission like a headlock hold. or something. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on here, man? And then, like, later on, well, actually, I think it's, like, during that scene and later on, too, they make several mentions to the fact that, I guess, Jethro's dick doesn't work? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and he's he he's into yeah he's into I guess getting choked. That's what gets him off or whatever. So, but like, why that. include that in this movie? Like, why couldn't he have just been in there banging a prostitute like people do in any other movie or anything? Like, it it just had to be weird that he gets put in headlocks and that his dick doesn't work and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh my god, man, that guy that plays him is hilarious too. Yeah, Michael Smiley's great. I I love him. Yeah, he he does a great job in this. So. That that scene really was it's it's an amazing sort of climax, and then we get uh, you know the that ending, just so silly. Like, ha- I mean, you could have just have him get killed by the arrow that he runs into in the car, but no, you shave off a part of his skull, exposing his brain, <laughs> and then just have him walking down the road basically saying whatever is coming to his head he uh he had sex with norval's mom mom. who was a prostitute but i kept uh he couldn't keep his dick up couldn't keep his dick hard because from certain angles she looked like uh uh british politician michael heseltine in the 80s in the (laughs) 80s what Uh, the fuck uh uh-huh and then gets stabbed in the head by the whatever the 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 receipt like the, the ticket thing. puncher thing yeah. yeah and then just says arthur as he falls <laughs> dude that what? whole scene right there holy shit man yeah you're right they're just like walking down the street it's this nighttime setting very quiet and very still outside he's got part of his brain exposed mm-hmm. and elijah wood is still walking down the street with this yeah ticket puncher thing impaled through his cheek and face mm-hmm. and he slowly withdraws it and just he doesn't even like violently stab him it's no, more like he just inserts it into, it into it. his yeah. brain. and who the fuck is arthur why does he say arthur when he dies i guess he was calling for king arthur to save him all the british do it as they die ah yes yeah. that's right they do king that's arthur, a common trait. save me with your sword <laughs> uh, the green knight and then they die yeah they always they reference arthurian tales that's just what happens oh always yeah all the time mm. <laughs> i'm going to the afterworld to have a point with the <laughs> king arthur on Off to Avalon I go. <laughs> but dude like that death scene is so just slow and stupid 
And mm-hmm. it's not unlike some of the other death scenes that we have in the movie. That scene where oh. uh, Elijah Wood has to fight the hunchback and he just oh, like stabs the shit out of his dick. Because again, he's Pooh Bear in it because he was yeah. in the fucking bathroom when he came <laughs> across him. It's Pooh Bear in one movie. That's not <laughs> often you get that actually. You it's just kind of a don't. kind of a white whale, the double yeah. double dude Pooh Bear. <laughs> so yeah, we got <laughs> That's got... gonna be dude, that's gonna be the title of the biography. Of yeah. the show, Double Dude Two Bear, Bear, the story of Dead and Lovely. <laughs> Double Dude Pooh Bear. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we get yeah. The death of the Hunchback is the most brutal for sure. To, like probably like ten stabs to the groin area with a with a one of those little what is that turning forks? Yeah, little two pronged forks. Uh, and then, then the saran wrap, then saran wrapped in the face and then beaten about the head and face with the roll of saran wrap, which I, you may be thinking that wouldn't hurt. Those things weigh like three pounds. Oh, if you dude. Hit somebody in the head with something that weighs three pounds, it's gonna hurt. Oh yeah. If you've ever worked in any restaurant industry, there is always mm. a huge industrial, roll mm-hmm. of saran wrap in the back and those things are hard and heavy as shit you can yeah. totally beat somebody yeah. to death with one of those For i sure. love that effect too where it shows like how the you know the blood is like pooling up in the saran wrap and stuff and like even mm-hmm. see his like man his like <laughs> teeth are like fucked up and stuff too like yeah. he's knocked some the teeth out of them it's yeah. brutal actually yeah but at the same time it's one of those scenes kind of like what you get in some coen brothers movies where something brutal and fucked up is happening but, but you're silly. also laughing because uh-huh. it's so it's fucking silly. silly. Yeah. Yeah, because like he encountered this guy sitting on the commode in there that they called the hunchback. Turns out it's just some Asian guy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the guy the guy plays um fuck, he's he's in a bunch of stuff. Uh he I oh, he's actually in an episode of Killing Eve I just saw. Oh, no uh, shit. Yeah, that guy that guy's in a bunch of stuff and I should have written it down. But anyway, yeah. Uh, that guy just comes out with the the toilet paper stuck in between his cheeks. So oh my he's god! Man. The roll as he goes. It's so bad, <laughs> and I love like after he dies, there's that dramatic scene of like, and then the toilet paper falls as if yeah. to like signal his demise. <laughs> so dramatic and fucking stupid because it's toilet paper. Yeah, but th- I mean that's another instance where I'm saying like uh, his dad tells him you're gonna have to kill this guy, and he he does it like. It seems like his dad does actually, like, this relationship with his dad does give him something. Like, it gives him the strength to do what he needs to do. Like, uh, I mean, it is toxic. They could have just left, like, quietly. He he went to the bathroom. Why did he go to the bathroom at all? They They, they didn't have to murder anybody. No one had to be killed. Yeah. So there's some toxicity to it, but there's also some like sweetness and some like, you know, it's just, I guess his dad's not a good guy either though, but uh, he's not trying to torture anyone to death. So you mean his dad, pastor skip from saved. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down as like, I was like, oh yeah, Pastor that's Skip. what I know him from. Yeah. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing too, is like, even when he meets his real dad, like he's met this fake dad, that's obviously a scumball. And then he meets his real dad. And it's like, oh, the reason he's in the situation is because he, his dad's a scumball. 
He's yeah. a scumbag. Yeah, it's like yeah. he was doing these kidnappings and yeah, stole all the money from the other guy. They kidnapped the daughter of a, a, a Thailand uh, politician, a Thai politician, and then yeah. He, yeah, he ran off with all of the money, and they've been trying to find him to get their money, I guess, and get revenge. Uh, and he's been using that money to fund Norval's Beverly Hills lifestyle. Yeah. So Norval. Uh, takes that hard like it you know a kidnapping has funded his his lifestyle but uh he does seem to get over that pretty quick <laughs> like he, <laughs> he's he's pretty quick to be like all right that i'm on my dad's side let's uh kill this guy with some saran wrap like no doubt he, he changes pretty quickly for his dad and i, I think they're the movie's saying something there about how like the lengths that uh some of us will go to to please our fathers even if our fathers have been out of our lives forever yep. like some people are just obsessed with trying to please their father Yep. Again, I've seen those people in my in my own life. It's like I know that that is a very very real thing that a lot of people try to do. Yeah, it's like ultimately at the end of the day, it's all about just try to please the dad, try to impress the father figure, your creator. And again, that's that's the god narrative, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love seeing Elijah Wood play these weird ass roles. I love seeing him that he's just yeah. like, you know what? I can live off mailbox money from Lord of the Rings for the rest of my life and it's fine. Oh, yeah. So like the first really weird role that we saw him in was like, you know, as Kevin in Sin City where he's this fucking cannibal mm-hmm. kid. That was, was like, great. Holy uh-huh. shit, man. That's a kid from Lord of the Rings. And now he's like fucked up and eating people yeah. and stuff. And then he really started to find a rhythm of just playing these super fucking weird characters. Like, did you see that? Um, what's it called? I'm not at home in this world or something like that. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that, but I have oh heard good dude, about it. his character in that is fucking amazing. He is just like this super introverted, extremely weird nerd that's into like metal and ninja stuff, and he has like a rat <laughs> tail, and he like throws like fucking ninja stars and stuff. That's awesome. There's this part in the movie, dude, where he throws a ninja star and then he like walks over to the tree or wall or whatever it is he threw it at to like retrieve it, you know? Yeah. And he like he starts to tug at it and it's like really buried in there and he has to like really yank at it to get it out of the wall and he turns to the people that are there watching and he goes, that's how hard I threw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, again, a very Napoleon Dynamite character. It's weird as shit. I love yeah. seeing him play these roles because he has just like this. He has got a weird look about him, man. It's Elijah Wood. It's like he's got these gigantic eyes. He's got this kind of like haunted or vulnerable kind of look about him. Yeah, I would say very vulnerable. Yeah, almost uh, like boyish. Totally. Even like uh, even when he has a mustache and stuff, he, he looks like a little boy with uh, a fake mustache, mustache on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he fits perfectly into those roles. Yeah, I think that that always helps when an actor knows who they are and leans into it. Like you can, you know, you can see actors who try to get against what they are. Like he, yeah, he could very well be. Yeah, be like, no, I only want to play serious doctor roles and shit. I'm not a little boy. Instead, he's like, no, I get it. My face looks this way, so I fit perfectly into these types of roles. 
Uh, he's also been doing some some great producing. I mentioned this at the end of the last episode. I wanted to name some of the titles he's produced just so you can see mm. exactly what type of stuff he's producing. He's a producer on A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh, that's an awesome movie, man. He's producer on The Boy. The Boy. Which is a horror movie that had uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren Cohen from uh, The Walking Dead. I don't think I've seen that one. Okay. Uh, producer on The Greasy Strangler, which I mentioned yeah. before, written okay. by Toby Harvard. Uh, producer on Mandy. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. He was. And, which, again, uh, features another guy just, like, totally doing whatever the fuck he wants to with his career. Nicolas Cage is just like, you know what? I'm just going to do crazy batshit nuts movies now. Yeah. So why that's not, what he's right? doing. Yeah, why not? Yeah. And uh, just last year, he produced Daniel Isn't Real and Color Out of Space. So he's contributing a lot to the horror community as a producer and That's as cool. an actor. I mean, because yeah. he did that he did that Maniac remake not long ago, which was uh, honestly gross enough that I didn't finish it. It's, like, it's pretty pretty grimy, dude. Yeah, it is. Uh, so uh, thanks, Elijah Wood, for not only being awesome at so many other things, but also helping out the horror genre. We definitely yeah, no doubt need more people uh big names being associated with horror just to allow people to finally recognize horror as as the genre that it is yeah no doubt man way to go elijah what a good boy he's a good boy now steve there is a theme through this movie that i wanted to ask you about if you noticed it or if it seems relevant to you at all Mm -hmm. what is with all the tigers and dolphins in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, the tiger thing yeah. is pretty obvious, but the dolphin right. thing is a little bit more subtle. Okay. So, so, like, with the tiger stuff, obviously we've got him finding the tiger blanket that we see many times. There's actually a, a couple different tiger blankets in the movie that he uses to cover up the corpse and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, he has the tiger toy at the very right. end of the movie we see in the home movie. And then even, like, as he's standing on the beach that one day after his pseudo dad has died and he's watching that that bag like float through the air yeah, there's a the tiger bag hits the him bag, in the face yeah. and there's a tiger on the bag it's good to see that the bag from american beauty got another role though it's true he hasn't been working yeah. for quite some yeah. time he did a he? good job he did a good job so beautiful so mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> he was just carrying groceries up to this point yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like what's with all the tiger stuff and with the dolphin uh. thing there's dolphins on that intricate carved wooden door on the front yeah. of his dad's house. And then later, whenever he goes to the hotel with the swingers and stuff, it's like the Dolphin Inn yeah. or Dolphin mm-hmm. Hotel or something. That just seems too too obviously placed to be random. Like, why would they call it the Dolphin Inn and put dolphins on the door? Why would they put all these tigers and tigers on the bag? Like, I don't now, really understand what they're trying to say This there. This may just be sort of uh uh you know my own bias but from my experience a lot of our moms like dolphin stuff and a lot of our dads like tigers oh okay all right I mean, these are like 80s mom, mom and dad ton, yeah my mom had a ton of dolphin stuff i had a stepdad who had a tiger tattoo that's the only reason <laughs> i'm saying these things <laughs> i don't know made that I, way because yeah. so it could speak to you directly it sounds yeah, like yeah maybe that's what i'm thinking uh, no, yeah, I don't know. That's, it's an interesting, because they're both um, both predatory. Uh, dolphins are known for 
the hijinks that uh, using the word hijinks is probably inappropriate for. Dolphins are known for raping uh, uh, dolphins and other animals. That's true. Uh, dolphins be raping. They be fucking, yeah, man. They do. And they kill stuff for fun. Uh, they also take hallucinogenic drugs for fun. They trip they balls. Take, it's true. Yeah, they take puffer fish and get them to release their toxins and they pass them between each other. Aww. Uh, it's wild. Uh, Poor puffer fish. Yeah. So dolphins uh, maybe deceptively murderous, deceptively scary. Maybe he's the dolphin, Norval, and the rest okay. are the tigers. Where hmm. you know you know that they're uh, predatory predators. in nature. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, that could be man. That could Possibly. be. I like that. I, like I that. mean, because you know, do- dolphins do also kill sharks in the wild. So uh, maybe maybe it's it. But I, I don't I like know. That. It's a, it's an interesting thing. I noticed it. I noticed the tiger stuff. I noticed the dolphin stuff you're talking about. But it, I really couldn't think of any reason why you go specifically with those things. Maybe maybe it's a reference to Lisa Frank folders. Ooh, I like that. Get there back we on this go. Trapper keeper vibe we've been talking yeah. about lately, huh? <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. You know, whenever I saw the title come to Daddy, the first thing that came to mind for me, of course, is the immensely troubling and disturbing Aphex Twin music video yeah. from the 90s, mm-hmm. so which I believe we've referenced many times yes, over the have. course of the show, because yep. uh, that's a video that came out, you know, when we were in our teens that is just... Creepy. Fucking scary, man. And I think really laid the groundwork for The Ring and a lot of other uh, movies that are very, you know, heavy on horror imagery that we saw throughout our mm-hmm. lives. That that movie, or sorry, that video is yeah. crazy fucked up, like pretty wow. much every other Apex Twin video. And I really <laughs> yeah. love, though, that this movie didn't go so on the nose as to put that on the soundtrack, which yeah. would have made sense. But there is... There is Apex Twin, yeah. Apex Twin on the soundtrack, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's one of the more like smart. subtle pieces. That's not like a super hard, yeah, grimy electronic piece like a lot of people think about Apex Twin for. It's more of some of the more subdued stuff. I think it's like maybe like Avril Fourteenth or whatever the name of that song is. I think is on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Apex Twin is a shit, man. Like, yeah. I know I know people know Apex Twin for the fucking videos and stuff, but man, there's some amazing, amazing music that dude has done. Yeah, yeah. I I think the the restraint they showed to not play come to daddy was smart <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah to still include some apex twin was a good idea i think but so yeah I, that's uh i think i think the music in this works well i mean there's not a ton of stuff going on with it it's pretty subdued yeah, not a lot really jumps out at me yeah. when I think about the soundtrack of this movie, but that also means it was functional in that yeah, exactly. it never stole the show. It's like that just right. means the soundtrack complemented what was happening. Yeah. So, I yeah, I thought I thought that worked fine because uh, I think that everything going on is so wild, you don't want the soundtrack also vying for attention. Yeah, it's like the characters and their fucking personalities and actions yeah. are big enough. You don't need to... Yeah enhance it and tell us what's going right. on with soundtrack it's clear yeah, like, enough what's happening on screen think of any coen brothers movie it's not like while these people are being weirdos there's like a boom, 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 ba-da, boom, 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 in the background <laughs> or anything to let Notice you know how like, this oh, guy is acting weird <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah i think that's just like intelligent subdued use of soundtrack to where yeah. it isn't telling you how to feel it's like 
yeah, you see what's going on here. If you're a normal person, you realize this shit's yeah. weird. <laughs> I bet there are people that watch this and go like, man, that Norval dude's strange. Were they trying the to rest, make that guy weird or something? The rest of it's pretty know. common, but, hmm, that Norval. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> it really just kept me guessing, and that's the thing that I would say is one of my favorite things about this movie and why it definitely passed the phone test, too, where it's like, yeah. I never got bored. Like, whenever I no. get into that rhythm where I'm like, okay, yeah, I know where this is going. I can fucking scroll through my Instagram or whatever. Yeah, this doesn't let you get into that rhythm. <laughs> no. Every time you think you know. <laughs> yeah, but also at the same time, it doesn't feel as if it is deliberately jerking you around, being like, oh, no. you thought it was this movie? No, fuck you, you're stupid. Like, yeah, we've complained no. about those movies that have the unreliable narrative of, you know, um, showing you one thing and being like, nope, screw you, I showed you the wrong thing. Blah. Like, yeah. That's not fun. Uh, but this movie constantly keeps you on your toes guessing, where the fuck is this going? Who are these people? Why yeah. are they doing this? What is this weird-ass character who's our, our lead in this going to do in this situation? Uh, it kept me guessing. It kept me interested the entire way through. I never really hit a lull in here. Yeah. Uh, and then when you watch it a second time, you see that they were never hiding anything from you. Nope. Like, yes, Gordon is lying and just accepting that he's his dad, but he, we know pretty quickly from that phone call, like something's up with him. Like there's never any moment where it's, it it really does feel like the rug gets jerked out from under you. Yeah, it, it, it's always just like, oh, that is, it's not what I'm expecting, but it makes sense with everything that I've seen up to this point. And then when you watch it through a second time, you're like, oh, yeah, this all flows together. Yeah, this all makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. It um, it, it just uh, it it never makes you feel like you're stupid for not knowing what was happening. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, because there are a lot of movies that do that kind of thing. Um, And this is not one of them. It's just a weird, strange journey. And I get how some people might not like it. Uh, It's it's not like a traditional horror, scary narrative. There's nothing supernatural or anything like that going on here. It does feel like it at a certain point when you're watching it through the first time. It does feel like, oh, maybe they're ghosts for a little bit. But then that immediately gets revealed to not be that. So, yeah, it's... it's hard to call this a horror movie once you know everything, but it does have its horror feel for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Where it's like really that that weird line that we find sometimes where you're like, is this horror because there's some gore elements in it? Because right. I mean, there's that incredible headshot scene in Burn After Reading by the Coen right. brothers. And that's not horror. No, it's not horror. So it's yeah. like, is this really or exactly it's hard to say it's a it's a dark it's got dark humor but yeah i would say overall this is not a horror movie that it it does probably fit though into thriller pretty easily like it is uh hitchcockian in ways and the ways it plays out the you know just the the crime and the background and whatnot but it yeah it's 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 only a horror in the moment when you don't know what's happening, but once you know everything that's happening, it is it is very much a, a crime thriller with dark comedic elements to it and some good gore. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Much more in line with like a Jim Jarmusch movie or yeah. a Coen Brothers kind of movie yeah. to me than thinking of it as a traditional horror flick. But right. dude, I was I was so pleasantly surprised. Like from the trailer, I was I was intrigued. I liked that the father son narrative. Mm-hmm. It creeped yeah. me out. It made me feel like okay, this is going to be a disturbing kind of flick. The 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 trailer makes it look like it's going to be a lot more fucked up and like psychologically weird than it really is. And then when we started the actual movie, and and like I said, it's like within 20 minutes that guy's dead, and the movie is going in a completely different direction. I was totally okay with it. I was like, okay, yeah. this is not where I thought it was going to be going, but that's fine. Where are you going? You know, it had my interest. It All had right. me. Uh, yeah. It had me gripped the whole time and just guessing what the fuck was going on here. I think I actually have several times in my notes for the movie like, WTF is going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I have no clue where this is going, uh, which especially in you know, the genre of horror, we run into so many movies where you're just like, oh, yeah, I know what this movie is within 15 uh-huh. minutes, and it's not interesting anymore. But this movie kept me guessing the whole time. So I don't know, man. I really enjoyed it. Do you have any any final thoughts or other observations about it you want to point out? I mean, I think we're right in line on this one because, uh, yeah, I, I really, I didn't even watch a preview, but I just, you know, heard people talking about really enjoying it. We had been recommended it on the Facebook, and I think even somebody sent it on Instagram as well. So I, I didn't know what to expect. Just looking at the cover, I was like, I think this is probably going to have some comedy to it. Like there was just some something funny about Elijah Wood's expression on the cover. Yeah, uh, and his fucking haircut. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I expected maybe a little bit of comedy getting into it. I was like, okay, this is uh, maybe darker and more serious. It kind of felt like it might have a lighthouse type of tone where these two yeah, are going to be right? like going at each other for a while and then more yeah. things will progress. I felt the same uh, thing. Like It kind of reminded me of the lighthouse a little bit at the first where you're like, okay, you got the young scrappy guy and the old hardened weathered piece of shit dude that's kind of like maybe gaslighting him in a lot of ways yeah and the one guy is drinking the other guy says he doesn't drink oh Uh, yeah that's right yeah Yeah, i i thought oh okay so eventually yeah he is gonna drink and there's gonna be some of that blah blah blah. so i was thinking okay i'm i'm interested like you know it's obviously maybe similar to the lighthouse but uh let's see where it goes uh and then you know 20 minutes in uh, Stephen McAddy's character Gordon dies <laughs> and I'm like alright uh, and then they start doing like you know some pipe noises and stuff and I'm like is it a ghost thing like really just being drug along by the movie and really just constantly questioning what's happening uh, and enjoying it like I, I, I never I never felt like the movie was making fun of me never felt like the movie was talking down to me it was just like we're on a level. I'm with you. You do what you're gonna do because it's it's entertaining, whatever it is. So I, I enjoyed all all of it in in a lot of ways. Uh, I think you know, yeah, it's it's not a horror movie. I have seen it labeled as part horror. I, I think it is. It does fit much more into the purer realm of thriller not just calling it a thriller so you don't have to call it a horror movie but it it really does fit much more into thriller um but it's great acting's great story plays out really funny and fun uh the effects are gruesome and and good i really enjoyed this movie and it's entertaining like 
aside from having a, a pretty solid message about, uh, you know, fathers and, and sons or fathers and children in general, uh, just the that millennial uh, feeling of disconnection with fathers, I think, yeah. is, is pretty common. And, and mm-hmm. this, this deals with that. So I, I, I liked all that. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Uh, if I'm giving this a score. Oh shit! Uh, it's like a, it's I like it an eight and a half or so for me because this was just really fun and entertaining. Yeah, I feel that yeah. entirely, man. It's like it's yep. like you said. I, I enjoyed the themes in this. I enjoyed it showing that you know, no nobody in this world is without fault. You know, it's yeah. like Nor shit. What's his name? Norvid. Nor Norval. Norval. Thank you. I just fucking blanked on it. <laughs> Norval is like a flawed character. It's like he's a liar and, and makes up these things about himself. Yeah. Also, the people that raised him have very questionable backgrounds and stuff. Right, yeah. You know, it's like it really shows you that it's like this isn't a movie going like, oh, you know, fucking poor millennials, Gen Xers, whatever. Like, yeah. oh, your daddy's abandoned you. Blah. It's like, well, yeah. you guys aren't fucking perfect either, okay? Like yeah. this movie is really <laughs> just about a bunch of shitty, dumb people that happen to have... Been related to each other, you know. It's like nobody, <laughs> nobody here is without fault except for probably Gladys. She seems okay. Yeah, yeah. She she seems Gladys seems to be a good person in general, and everybody else is just bonkers, yeah. bonkers, gray yeah. area. Uh huh. I get it. If you watch this movie and you're like, it was just too weird for me. Like there was just too many weird characters doing weird things and weird situations. Nothing was normal. I would get that, but I like that personally. I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed the dark humor in here tossed in with some of those just like suddenly vicious kills yeah. some really hilarious dialogue and stuff at times <laughs> that never felt forced like it never felt like it was really like a oh we're trying to inject levity into this movie so it doesn't get too fucked up for you um it felt like very natural funny dialogue and stuff like that to me that kept this yeah. movie really entertaining I I enjoyed it a lot, man. I thought that it was really cool. I think for myself, I would put this at a, I'm going to say seven and a half for me. All right. So overall, one that I would strongly, strongly recommend, um, especially if you just like these kinds of fucking weird offbeat movies. Definitely got me dying to watch The Greasy Strangler. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out now. Everything I've seen of it, it just looks gross. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I'm going to have to give it a shot now, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. So let us know what you guys thought about this movie over on the Instagram page, uh, where you guys can find us over at what's our Instagram handle? Dead Lovely Pod. At Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Boom. Go check us out. That's right. You guys can also let us know what you thought about it over on the Facebook group that we mentioned earlier. Facebook.com forward slash Dead Lovely. Woo! And if you love this show and want to give us dollar papers because we made you get a little belly laugh, get you a little chuckle in there, you can support the show over on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. You're selling it hard, dude. I know. You're fucking selling I it. Know. And I love it. <laughs> and uh, once again, if you join at the $5 or above level, you get to submit a movie into the smoking bowl of movies that we might draw for a future Patreon yeah. pick episode of movies for the podcast. It's Yeah, we just named. recently did The Faculty, Midsummer from from uh, Patreon picks. So, uh, yeah, send us in some stuff. I, I Come to Daddy, I think, may have even been in the Patreon cool. bowl. I so, think it is, yeah. yeah. We're interested in doing 
the films that you want to hear. So head on over there and become a patron. That's right. And be sure to tune into the show next week where mm-hmm. we'll be talking about a, a horror heavyweight, Steve. This is one of those ones that mm-hmm. I am shocked that we have not covered on the show yet. But, you know, we record this right now on September 1st. That means it's officially Halloween, obviously. <gasps> of course it does. That's right. Yeah. Once it's September 1st, it's Halloween. It's until Halloween. next year around February sometime. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That's how the timeline goes. So we're going to be covering a horror heavyweight and talking about the OG, not that remake bullshit. We're going to be talking about the original Amityville Horror. Get out. Oh, shit. That's what it says. Yep. That is what it says. I'm excited to watch this one because it's been been a couple of years since I saw it, honestly, but I remember really liking it. Yeah, it's been a little while for me. I, uh, as a kid, uh, it scared me pretty heavily. Uh, specifically the scene in the little girl's room with the, the eyes on the other side of the the window. Yeah. That really scared the shit out of me as a kid. So I, I'm excited to get into this movie and uh, talk some shit about Ed and Lorraine Warren again. Woo! Yeah. We get to talk <laughs> shit about them so fucking much on this show. Yeah. We'll take any so opportunity cool. we can. Yeah, for sure. So be sure to tune into the show next week. We'll be talking about Amityville Horror catching up on all the shit we've been watching and having ourselves a good old time and getting a pull of a tasty beer. So check out that episode whenever it drops. Thank you guys so much for the support on Patreon and stuff. It really means a ton to us. It does. This is our kind of weekly just chat vacation, but hey, this shit does cost money to do. So it does. Yeah. You know, so you guys contributions and stuff on Patreon really do make a difference. So thank you guys so much for those. Hope everybody out there is staying healthy, wealthy, and wise and keeping those goddamn hands clean. And your ass. Wash it. Wash that ass while you're at it. And tune into the show next week. We'll catch you guys then. I've been Uncle Steve. I've been Hollywood Ben. And we're dead and lovely. We'll catch you all later. Bye. Bye. So, Ben, just the other night, I was watching a an episode of WCW Nitro. Like you do. Yeah, from December of 1997. It was right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Ben. Uh-oh, uh-oh, hitting local. Uh-huh, and somebody was holding up a sign that said, I enjoy wrestling. <laughs> and I thought immediately... This this person fucking gets it. They tell it like, like it is. They do. Like, I mean, I need to know who it is, and I think we have enough reach locally to find out what genius wrote, I enjoy wrestling on the side. Because <laughs> I know in, in 1997, this is like right when basically everybody at a wrestling show had a sign, and... I was so irritated with it. And I'm pretty sure that's what this person was trying to get across with their I enjoy wrestling sign. Just like how stupid it is that we all have signs. Now, it may be that I meet this person and they turn out to be the most genuine individual who's just flat out about how they feel about everything. Yeah. (laughs) But I'd like to find out. I just need to know.
I need to know. I'd like to meet that person and be like, hello, do you enjoy wrestling? And find out, like, <laughs> where we go from there. He might be some, like, hipster turkey, though, that was just like, no, of course not. I, I bought the tickets and made the sign and stuff, just, yeah. just to be ironic, really. I did it for the yeah, my family. My family thought I enjoyed wrestling, and they bought me tickets for my birthday. <laughs> I had to make it look like I was there to have a good time and that I enjoyed it, so I decided to write, I enjoy wrestling on some poster board. Huh. Then I just I just take my drink, turn it upside down, spill it in the floor, set the table down or set it down on the table angrily and walk out. <laughs> That'll you show son him. Of a bitch. <laughs> I thought we were kindred spirits. <laughs> I also enjoy wrestling, thank you. Non ironically. 